And then he read the script and he called me back. He was like, oh man, Cookie, this is so true. And this is, and so I was really happy that he had um, uh, validated what I wanted to talk about in the script as far as what trans men uh, go through by being um, misgendered and, and, and how his dating life is, you know, he can't necessarily date lesbians because, you know, lesbians are not interested in men. And, you know, and, and so I, I just learned so much from him. Hey, darlings, it's Hanifa Walida. And we are your gay auntie. Something crazy. We just literally lost bread as we started the show. Because, you know, that's how we roll. <laughs> that's how we roll. Literally, she gets popped away. So, right now, it is just your auntie Hanifa until Auntie Red finds her way back um, online. Okay. All right. So today we're really excited because we got uh, showrunner, filmmaker, Cookie Hughes coming out of Chicago, representing Chicago. Um, today we're really excited. All right, babies. If this is your first time here on YGA and you have no idea where you are or who I am, no, who we are, <laughs> we are what democracy looks like. You know what I'm saying? When your life and your country is looking like a circus and they both feel rather uncertain, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, in the end, that's when we swoop in, all right? We, your aunties, we are the emotional democracy needed in the drama-filled coup that is your young lives. So bless you. Oh, and bless us. We have Auntie Red back now. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> what happened to you, Auntie Red? What is going on? Um, well, I am not at my home and I am mm. on a Wi-Fi situation that is unstable. So right now I am on my mobile hotspot <laughs> to ensure <laughs> that we have no more internet issues. <laughs> I actually got a whole new phone just to make sure <laughs> that we did not have these issues. Because so aunties be back. on the move. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we be moving like that. So, you know, we pop in and out of your lives sometimes yes. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just, I was just let the people know, you know, uh, for new folks who don't know who we are, you know, I let them know um, all that. You know, Absolutely. and then you popped right in, right on time. Right Perfect. On time. Well, since Auntie Hanifa has already let you know where you are, I just want to let you know that Your Gay Aunties is a bi-weekly live show and podcast that is centered around queer adulting. So every Sunday we go live on YouTube where we answer your letters about life, about love, and all of the entangled. So uh, click the subscribe button uh -huh. below. Uh, and if you miss us live on Sundays at one o'clock Eastern time, uh, we come around one more again on Wednesdays yep. for our audio podcast by the same name, Your Gay Aunties, which you can find anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Yes, yes, yes. Do a quick shout out to a couple of folks in the room, Jessica Donahue, and of course, our favorite songstress, Stephanie Gale. But for all hey. you new folks, <laughs> now you know where you are. Welcome home, child. We are your gay aunties and we are here for the children. Yes. Yeah, so please, please, please hit the subscribe button below and start texting your folks. Let them know to join us. Let them know that we are on youtube.com slash your gay aunties so they can be with us in the show. 
Yes, yes, yes. And also, if you want to support your gay aunties, you know we got a lot going on on Patreon. Mm. But some, some of y'all, if y'all want to hit us off on the one, you know what I'm saying? Make sure your auntie's okay, but you don't got it every month. You know you can find us on Cash App, honey. Add your gay aunties. Guess what? <laughs> and I know all y'all got Cash App, all right? So if you're feeling like that, <laughs> Cash App is when you're like, you know what? I'm thinking about my aunties today. Yeah. You know, you know. So just know that that is available to you if you want to show some love. All right? All right. Let's dive into the ketchup, girl. The first okay. one I've been was good the past two uh, weeks. Yeah, I'm good. Thankfully, the past two weeks have been uneventful. Because them last past two weeks, <laughs> for me, in for my who? life, in my life, I'm saying okay. personally. <laughs> because, of course, we know the country is eagerly awaiting actual leadership. <laughs> there are lots of things that are going on there. But, um, 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 oh... I did forget. We had like the million mega march in DC. You mean the eleven thousand <laughs> fools that That's rolled what they called it. Yes. On, on BLM uh, Plaza. A bunch of them showed the up and great. punks jump up to get beat down. That's what I heard. It went like. <laughs> so, <laughs> And no, also no, one of the signs that was out, I'm so excited to see. They are starting to now change the name to the Trump virus uh, from coronavirus. Since he wanted to call it the China virus, people are starting to, it started to pick up that people are saying, yes, well, the Trump virus is, <laughs> and the numbers of the Trump virus are getting out of control. I mean, he likes his I name think on that's hilarious. Might as well be that too. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> and he's such a narcissist. He probably would hear, like, you know what? It is mine. Yes. <laughs> I am a virus. <laughs> but, but you know, um, this, I, I mean, I found out something very disappointing recently, you know, around this. One of the things that, you know, this election, thank God, yes, we won. But still, at the end of the day, half of the other country voted. And out of the um, half of those people who voted for Trump, some of them look like us. Mm. And that's something we really can't forget. And even when we think we're, when we think you think an artist would be progressive. You think, you know, a black artist, of course, would be progressive in some way, shape or form. Well, I got my heart broke this morning when I woke up and looked at my Facebook timeline. I thought it was a fucking joke. What happened? Okay. It seems that one jazz songstress, Cassandra Wilson, is a dead up Trump supporter. Shut up. I can't. Now, that's what I said. <laughs> that's what I said when I was like, I was like, what you talking about, Willis, up in the threads? And yeah. so I said, let me, they said, go on Twitter. So I go on Twitter in sad tweet after sad tweet. Mm. She's one of them black folks that thinks us niggas is dumb. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I don't even know what to do with this. Yeah. I, I don't know what to do with it, to be honest with you. Now, look, I don't know the woman. You know, I, I'm not going to say I was an avid fan of hers, but yeah. I was definitely a fan. I definitely yeah. was an admirer of her work. Her mm -hmm. work definitely took me and moved me places. And I'm just going to say, I'm just, this is just to point out how we assume because, you know, they look like us don't mean that their thought process living in the same country is the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Like yeah. I get for, for people who are very self minded right mm -hmm. so self-minded people of affluence 
are like my money, my mm. taxes, my the things that I personally gain from an administration like this. I also understand that a lot of military families love is- Republican presidents because Republican presidents are pro-war, which means that military people benefit, mm-hmm. right? Um, people who like here in Georgia, we have um, all of these companies who make war items, right? <laughs> so they boom when Republican presidents are there, right? But in order to really disconnect from what happens to people, yeah, because of it, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how you can do it. Like I get it. Like I make bullets. I love Trump. He's been selling a whole lot of bullets, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Because he's in office, everybody is afraid. They're all buying guns and they're all buying bullets and they're all getting ready. This is good business for me. However, people are also dying from the bullets, right? People are dying in the streets. People are dying. That's a conflict that I think all of us can hold to whatever degree just by default of living and working in America. We we can hold the burden of what this country has reaped throughout the world. Mm. But, but... What is baffling me is, or what's remind, what, what unfortunately I'm being reminded of is how easily the human mind can be molded and shaped. Yeah. Right? Um, just by the repetition of information and the separate information that people get, information that say you and I may get, you know, or I guess this, this, this today may get versus information that, you know, my cousin Bubba get. And I'm yeah. thinking, yo, you my cousin Bubba. You know what I'm saying? You know, we played as kids, da 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 da. And now, but we should like have a similar a, experience yeah, in that way. We should somewhat, somewhat, yeah. but somehow you, you know, you identified as conservative, and now all you're getting is more of that, and then that's feeding to other stuff. And so now you're getting a completely separate message. We're not getting the same message, and we don't trust the same sources. So now, yeah. what do we do? Now, what do we do? And <laughs> I have taken the time because I am just the the personality type that I am. Mm-hmm. I definitely listen to conservative viewpoints. Like I, I listen because I mm-hmm. want to know how do you think this, right? And so there was this one thing that I that caught my eye of uh, how many times Trump said the word God, right? And how many times he pulls that out to like rile people up, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, if you're super easily fooled, like mm-hmm. you would think that is because he cares about God. No, 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 no. He just knows that he can manipulate people because that's a sensitive topic. And if he solely picks a side, then all of those people will say that, oh, he's one of us. And I think to your same point, we assume that because people look a certain way or or have a certain background that they are one of us and that's not always the case nope it's not and now we all have to deal with an administration that has to deal with a country that's split down the middle and we and i think us as progressives need to think progressively in mm. how we receive this journey that him and Kamala are about to go on, Biden yeah. and Kamala are about to go on, you know, and how we as a people who voted for them mm-hmm. can support them because yeah. they are going up against a wall, literally. Yeah. Literally. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
And one more thing, and vote then we move on. I know I uh, yeah, 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 of course vote, vote in Georgia. Georgia. I'm going to vote, I'm going to, <laughs> vote in to Georgia. You, but to you conservatives, I'm just going to speak my mind because guess what? It's Michelle. You conservativism is is in direct contrast to nature. There's nothing conservative about nature. You can't find one thing mm-hmm. in nature that is not willing to adapt and change. Not yeah. one thing. Yeah, you yeah. tell me one thing and I will humble myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the idea, and this is why me personally, I could never be a conservative, though I understand their financial principles and priorities. Mm-hmm. Conservatism is, for me, is just is, is anti-human. Mm. I'm, I know that's crazy. To, I may sound crazy to some folks. No, I agree. Go, you, chew, chew on that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Maybe think about someone else other than yourself a little bit. And let's keep moving. All right, let's keep moving. Well, look, I'm ready to think about somebody else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Right now, I want to think about our listeners, our viewers, our followers. (laughs) (laughs) And so this is the part of the show where we love to feature one of you and what you Mm -hmm. do. And Mm -hmm. others should know about what you're doing. And that they should follow, right? Yes, so we yes. call this segment Follow Me because if you follow your gay aunties on Instagram at your gay aunties, then you could be a part of the show. Follow me, follow me, follow me, yeah. All right, Lovecraft Country. Y'all love me some Lovecraft Country. All right, I'm going to be slipping Lovecraft gifs in is is. It's, it's in any in any point in opportunity. Anyway, but our follow me uh, today is Jester Got It. I hope I'm leaning on that right. But Jester Got It, right? <laughs> so this young person, so this young person um, put um, themselves out there. All right, this mm-hmm. is like a two minute or so montage of their musical growth through posts. All right, now. Mm. I really found this courageous um, because as artists, sometimes we can really just stay in the lab, stay in the crib until it's ready, until it's ready. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> but what I appreciated about um, just uh, uh, got it, that they put themselves out there really early. Mm-hmm. First, they were just kind of making beats. Then they be trying to just, you know, flow, you know, just kind of freestyle and sing with some melodies. Like, I, I, I see you, homie. I yeah. see the process, okay? <laughs> but you're, you're putting it in public, and that's what I feel is is so valued here, all right? Yeah. As one artist to another. And then they picked up a guitar and said, well, my mama said I should sing. So then he started singing, really trying to feel their voice. And it gets building and building. So here's two minutes of Jester Got It, and we want to... Um, now, I don't know about no you know trap music and all that, so I don't know what's good or bad, y'all, but that's not the point of why I'm sharing it. <laughs> I want to encourage you all to put yourselves out there as early as possible and get feedback and stay fearless. So, mm. no further ado, this is Just uh, Got It. Ah. 
I just got to say, did you make it home safe last night? When we looking up on the stars with our faces glowing in the moonlight. I just want you to know had a good time. if you will for mm-hmm. the follow me's right and i know a lot of you guys have private accounts and i get that you know you're on probably different stages just being and people on instagram for different reasons but for those of you who are like artists or just kind of just doing your thing and that you are courageous enough to put your stuff out there at early stages know that your aunties are listening yeah. and we're watching and that it deserves light too yeah and that you know what i mean i just i just was so endeared by her or they. I'm not sure uh, what pronoun uh, they may go by. So I just went by the default. Yeah. But. <laughs> so the thing that I appreciate, it's been so long since I've been, like, like you said, courageous enough to, like, pick up something new mm-hmm. and just try it. Right. Yeah. And just like work at it and, and see, like, where it goes and, like, seeing the progression and, like, oh, I was making beats, but now I'm just going to pick up a guitar and then be good at that. right? (laughs) And then I'm going to do a little solo video, but now I'm going to harmonize with myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. And it's such a great way to use like our time um, Mm. now. Like there are a lot of people who are using this time to create new things and to find new hobbies and and just fill that space with something good, with some good vibes. Uh, yeah, uh, with some good vibes, yeah. Say my favorite word. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, yes, but thank you. Thank you, uh, Jessica Gada. And please keep the work up. Yes. Well, if you all want some of your work, passion, or just your beautiful queer selves featured here on Your Gay Aunties, follow me. Make sure that you follow us on IG uh, at Your Gay Aunties or subscribe below here on YouTube. Do your thing in the feed and we will see you. 
And always know that we always want to partner uh, with uh, you guys just musically and putting your stuff throughout the show. And you can find out how to do that by checking out our, I guess how to British, how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find out how to do that on patreon.com slash the gay aunties. We have some interesting tears over there for you artist types. Yeah. Now it's time to get on to a letter for Ooh. you messy types. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Here's your letter. Oh, I missed that show already. <laughs> I, I know. I'm like, three. Right. Okay. All right. So this is a not, well, this, this person is called a uh, college dropout. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this, this is a sweet one. And yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to answer it, but here we go. <laughs> okay. Hi, aunties. Um, I'm, I'm a student at an HBCU. Please call me college dropout. I'm going to keep from saying the name of my school, but not because I'm not proud to go there. It's because I haven't stepped foot on campus to even call it mine. Mm. I transferred from a bigger school, quote unquote, to go to my mother's HBCU alma mater. Um, it's a long story why I transferred, but let's just say I quickly learned I needed large doses of black affirmation to get through school. Yeah. <laughs> For real. So... I arrived at my mom's school the second semester of my freshman year. Mm -hmm. I'm in the first semester of my sophomore year, and the, and the last half of my freshman year was cut short by Rona. Mm. I grew up listening to my mother's stories and knew when I transferred the value of my decision to go to an HBCU. And our new vice president tells me again, I was right. Hey! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but! In caps. Um, here's what's real, though. I really don't feel like I'm in this historic college. I can't even tell you what it's like to go to my school. All of my school memories are in boxes and forum groups. Mm -hmm. I have gone to some off-campus parties, but I never felt 100% at the two parties I went to in my entire college life. I'm really just writing because I just don't know how to feel good about college. I'm home, I'm bored, I'm scared 45 is going to kill my entire sophomore year as well. How can I cope with losing out on my college years? That's the question. Mm. And also, what's the point of the, of the diploma or saying I went somewhere if I don't have any college memories? Any mm. guidance would be appreciated. Thank you, college dropout. <sighs> Oh, baby, I'm sorry. I know. I, I, know. <laughs> I just want to, all I want to do is boo hoo. Yeah. Um, um, you want to start? I mean, you went to a, you went to yeah, an HBCU. I did. I am representing Grambling State University right now. <laughs> um, and yeah, I definitely do that as much as I do because of the experience that I had on that campus and so I I totally get where you're coming from and I know that a lot of our students uh, right now either were just getting into uh, their college experience my son's senior year you know he's home right now and, and really missing his campus um, students are all in different places um, and feeling not being able to be at their schools right um, that's, that's a tough experience. I would, the only advice, or I guess the first thing that came up for me is still connect with people virtually. Like 
If you're in a class, start a, a study group, right? So that you all have this connection that you're still building. So when you're back in each other's space physically, that you feel like you know each other already. Um, mm-hmm. There are still lots of things going on. Campuses are still doing their SGA, right? Mm-hmm. They're still having group meetings. Um, organizations are still operating on your campuses, right? So doing that work, it's the same in this virtual space as it would be if you were at the school. You could be at your college and be in your dorm the entire time and not really have an experience, right? Yeah, that's true. That's real. real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So in order to, to do that, you would need to go to meetings. You would need to reach out to people. You would need to go and 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 have study groups right you would need to do all of those things so that you meet people i say do as much of that and y'all don't really like to be around each other much anyway <laughs> your generation is kind of like this is this is what you made for right? <laughs> y'all love to like be on your devices and so capitalize on that i'm saying like start a a meetup Right. A virtual meetup for like people who are like a freshman class meetup. I know for Gremlin, there was a big thing and we did a lot to surround the class of 2024 uh, with a lot of love. Right. <laughs> because they were coming in. They weren't going to be able to have that full experience. Um, and so maybe even starting with like a hashtag. I don't know if you all are on Twitter or Instagram or like what, you know, your your major um for for forum is to communicate but start something where you all can like do a zoom where you all can like meet each other and and crack jokes you know what I'm saying? talk about what it's like to be with this particular professor virtually right just find your your commonalities now in the virtual space so that you are not starting from ground zero when you get back on your campuses yeah um my heart is still heavy and I'm going to at least hold space for you mm. um, to honor that the loss of something as precious as when you first really step out of your parents' home and you have to make decisions on your own. Even though it's still somewhat of a sheltered experience, you're still you're starting to navigate the world for yourself. And that, unfortunately, was taken away from you as far as the intimacy of that. Yeah. You know, um, so I just want to hold space for you and say that we all know that that is a loss. And don't let anyone say that it's different or try and make you feel, but don't worry, you know. But like Red, like Red was saying, this, or what I'm hearing her saying is that this can also be an opportunity, an opportunity for yourself to take some leadership, not just for yourself, but maybe even be a leader in whatever you're into. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like as you start to discover what you're you're into, finding others who are like that, because the difficulty now, because this, the, the campus or I'm assuming your campus is just not wide open again. We're not back to normal is trying to find those connections with people, you know, um, so that that is going to be probably the, the bulk of your journey, you know, but it's also a journey of, of a leader. So and I'm not even going to make an assumption that you even identify as a leader. But to whatever degree, we all have to be a leader for ourselves sometimes. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you will find yourself, whether outside of college and moving on in life, you may find yourself isolated or you may find yourself in a position where you are not empowered as much as you would like to be. Or you're just not having the damn experience you want to have. Yeah. You know, you be going on, a, you know, you, it could be a bad vacation going really, really left. 
But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But where you are empowered is that you can receive and perceive the situation where you can get something out of it that is memorable. Because what you're looking for here is memories. And so yeah. there is opportunity here. But really, it's, it's going to probably come down to, like Red says, do the best you can to start to create those friendships. Find those people that you have in common with that's on campus, or at least a virtual one. And and transfer that over to when you guys are in front. And and I know hopefully you guys will be okay by spring. Okay. Your second semester will be kosher. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. hopefully. But if not, and you miss on those first two years, double down on the last two, homie. <laughs> double down on the last two. Absolutely. And I bet your crew, your core whore, y'all gonna double now. Be careful, but double down. And y'all have yourself some fun. Yeah. Y'all y'all create the memories. Two years is a long ass time, especially when it's got it got unjustly concentrated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you still have time to make those memories. Maybe you didn't get the all the four, but trust me, you are going to be the generation or that cohort from whatever HBCU you're at. It's like, yeah, we the 2020 clan, baby. Yeah. Living <laughs> them last two years, boy. Like seriously. Mm -hmm. Make those men. You still have time to do that. So we, we encourage you to do that when this is over, hopefully sooner rather than later. And I want to take you know? this minute to kind of shout out, um, uh, if you all are not familiar with uh, Teresa Dahl Vest, she is um, the head of the film department at Prairie View, uh, which is an HBCU in Texas. And they are doing phenomenal work to make sure that their students are staying connected. They're putting out programming that's... Um, you know, that's going out nationwide uh, on the internet every week. I get her updates all the time. I, I spoke to one of her classes uh, when we first started the um, the shutdowns uh, and we were first doing school virtually. So I'm able to see a lot of the things that they're still doing. And it's just inspirational. So um, they did a virtual homecoming for like... A, three days or something where people had an opportunity to still come together and they were on live and they were on Facebook and that, right. So they were creating these platforms where people still could come together virtually. And so that's kind of my mind state when I'm saying that like there are ways, right? So even I know that there's like groups in some of the social media pages. Um, you can start a group. Right. You can start a place where, you know, people are just coming and, and inventing and they're coming and celebrating and they're coming and sharing their experiences so that you all have that. You're making those memories with each other now virtually already. Right. Exactly. So you're not strangers when you see each other. Say word. And you just you did also underscore that, you know, that you that you are, uh, you know, that you're scared and that you're bored and all those, you know, and, and you have a right to be some days. Yeah. Some days you have a right to be, but don't let that be all your day. This mm -hmm. is an opportunity to move through this and see, like we've been saying since this crap started, who are you going to be on the other side? Yeah. Okay. So just kind of sit on that for a little bit. All right. Yes. Well, and you are not a college dropout. You are still in college. Oh, you are still oh, baby, there yes. just because you're not <laughs> on your campus doesn't mean that you're not a part of that community. Exactly. And I know that tuition bill. Your mom is like, no, baby, you still oh, in college. Oh, you still in <laughs> <laughs> You still in college. Right. 
All right, thank you. I'm not even calling you a dropper, baby. Thank you, college, our, our, student. our beautiful HBCU student. <laughs> yes, exactly. We love you all. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move into gems um, and then dive into our wonderful um, guests. And um, I'm I'm going to take over uh, uh, me and Red Spot today because it's something I've been wanting um, to share, and I, I wanted to do it in the best means. But this clip is about nine minutes long, so I want to prepare you. So listen. All right. All right. When I say prepare for this, I mean to get your headphones. If you're just in the house and this is on the laptop, just take a moment, sit down and put on some headphones. All right. Because what you see is just as important as what you watch. And what you're about to see uh, may seem familiar. Okay. We all have uh, seen snippets of footage um, from the civil rights struggle. In fact, most of us, what we have received in American education about the civil rights movement is a few, you know, MLK speeches, some sound bites, some footage of young people getting um, beat at lunch counters and not fighting back. And of course, the, the march on Washington. And then, you know, boom, all of a sudden we got voting rights all oh, boom, all of a sudden, three gener generations later, you know, we are not our ancestors. Mm, okay. Now, Ren and I have clapped back on this. We are not your ancestors crap, right? Um, as a really ill-conceived phrase, honestly, I'm tired of being tired. So I'm going to use this gem as a last statement. We're going to be done with it. All right. All right. Then your generation, you're on your own, which is how you perceive things. Okay. The fuck? Okay. <laughs> anyway, so what I want to do, I want to take you back in time and uh, beyond the bullet points of history. Um, I want you to actively watch. This is the teacher talk. This is this is teacher Walida. This is Miss Walida talking now. I want you to actively watch, all right, um, uh, what I'm about to show you. In May 1963 in Birmingham, Alabama, something was going very wrong and very right at the same time. All right, the civil rights movement was losing steam. You're like losing steam. You may be like, wait, it's 1963. Isn't that the year they had the Great March and you know, and, and like it was one year away from the Voting Rights Act? What you mean losing steam, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yes, it was simply because the sticky logistics of humanity, society, and struggle. So, what makes you think that the protests back then didn't have the same ebb and flow of rise up, taper off, flow, rise up, taper off, like we do today? Keeping enthusiasm and a sense of urgency is just as hard a task as changing white folks' minds. Mm -hmm. Now, in May of 1963, SNCC was organizing to fill the jails of Alabama, all right, Birmingham, Alabama, a tactic used to this day. But to deter arrests, Bull Connor inflated the bails so all of those Working black adults was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's one thing to spend a couple days in jail. It's another to spend a few weeks. Yeah. I will lose my job. That is not an option. So they yeah. were up against a wall. Okay. A young leader by the name of James Bebo said, you know what? But we got young people. And guess what? They don't got no job. Mm. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> they don't got no job. So it was his idea. Now, at this point MLK was like um I don't know about using young people but it was like yo we got to use what we got but this I want to be clear this was not MLK's idea or his leadership this was the leadership of young people at the time so the footage you are about to see documented the events of May 2nd and May 3rd in Birmingham Alabama 
also referred to as D-Day and Double D-Day <laughs> to those who were there. As you watch, observe who is doing the protesting, the leading, their ages from middle school to college, mm. how the first day started out, how the second day ended. Mm -hmm. What defiance looked like then, their use of song that could be easily remixed was you about to lose your job. Same shit. <laughs> <laughs> their pride, their determination, and sense of invincibility, and the use of joy as their armor. And on the second day, uh, May 3rd, those demonstrations, Bull Connor frustrated by all the jails that were being packed. He, I'm showing you what you're about to see because I want you just to really absorb it, all right? He decides to bring out the dogs and the fire hoses, and that leads to all the footage that we might have seen. But what's beautiful about the footage I'm about to show you is that it is the documentary footage. You're going to hear some of the actual screams of the day. You're going to hear the songs of the day. You're going to see yourself as being young and fearless. But put your headphones on. Be undistracted. As we watch, we go back in time for two days in May, 1963. And when this is done, you tell me. That we are not our ancestors. All right. Now, everybody, um, as we do this, um, some of you, uh, we may edit this for the podcast because, you know, you're not looking at it, but we encourage you to actually go to rewatch the replay on YouTube. And here we go. Two days in May, 1963. Headphones on. <laughs>
Hey y'all. So I'm just gonna let it run. Can you hear it? Yes. So I, I just cut it out there because this, this is somebody else's edit of this really raw footage. And they put like this MLK speech over it that was just, I thought was an ill fit for what we were watching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what, I've watched this quite a, 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 a few times and I've never seen so much footage mm -hmm. of those two days and what's most important, the lead up to what we all got the snippets towards the end on the, on, on the uh, second day. But little things, I don't know what you were noticing that I was noticing was this balance between, I keep saying this, this joy, this armor of joy, right? Um, like even when the kids started to get sprayed, um, in the park, some of them was like, we're going to play in this water, bitch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how about that? Yeah. Or even like, you know, that, that wall that kids sometimes put up that, that the reality is not in their face. So it makes them fearless. Mm -hmm. Like they can't really grip with the la the layers of what's going on. So they just in it. Yeah. I thought that, you know, um, for me, so one seeing CT Vivian there as a young yeah. man. Yeah. Bloody face. Mm -hmm. He's absolutely one of my, my idols here in Atlanta. Um, always carried such a, a love for the community, for the people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so seeing him as a young person there um, just kind of brings it home. Right. So, you know, he's one of our recent ancestors and, you know, we just honor his his sacrifice of his life, right, um, to the people. But I think seeing seeing the children there, the, I remember the first time that I saw those images, I picked up on what you said, like they ran through the water, like they were playing. I thought as a child, like they were having fun. And my mother had to, she she stopped me and she showed me images of what that pressure of the water could do to you. How it blew patches of hair, hair off of this girl's head, skin off of their faces and their arms where they were shielding themselves, right? Mm -hmm. um, we could see in the video it not pushing them up in the air, physically knocking them off of their feet, right? And it was in that time when she said, this was not fun for us. Right, <laughs> that watching this was horrifying because we understood how much pressure it, it was like they were literally throwing jackhammers at the children who were out 100 there. pounds of pressure, uh, per inch, yeah. That's and they turned that up, yeah, to 100 uh, pounds per pressure. And That's not the usual go-to to use fire hoses for crowd control, if you will. Right. And Back so um, all of this is just the means to say, shut up. We don't want to hear your cries for freedom. Like We don't want to hear um, your calls for equality, for, hum for humanity, right? We we don't want to hear that so much so that we are willing to bring out the dogs, bring out the water hoses, lock you up by the bus loads, school buses full of people being arrested 
for saying this is unfair. Flip to now, you have all these people outside. I don't want to be safe from coronavirus, right? <laughs> that's not the same. <laughs> that's not that's not the same. Um, and so I, I just sit in in awe of in, of footage like this, right? Yeah. I I thank you for for finding this and for sharing it. Because it's important that we we understand that in context. We like to deify right mm-hmm. <laughs> the leadership, and then we don't get to see the 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 man, like the common you know men and women who were there on the streets, really doing that work and fight long before uh, Dr. King showed up on the scene, right? <laughs> and he was going places where the 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 struggle was already up and running. It would be no need for him to go to a town that wasn't already in the fight. Thank you. There would be nothing for him to do there. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and these are these are the nuances about the civil rights movement I wish would be um, readdressed when we teach our young people about what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, I want to close, I know we have to move on with the show. I want to close and just understand that 1963, Understand, I'm not just showing you this footage to show you the level of brutality or the level of strength of our, not just ancestors, but some of your grandmas and grandpapas. Yeah. They're still here, okay? Just so you have a sense of time. (laughs) But also to understand the place that young people, the place and the sacrifice that young people had in propelling the civil rights movement forward. Mm. The new generation within that generation that was like, we're going to do this. Yeah. How they propelled it. And when I say sacrifice, un- unfortunately, later that year, well, ra- rather after that footage was seen of those what they did to those kids in Birmingham, that is what propelled uh, legislation. That is what propelled the, the march. And unfortunately, one more sacrifice of children was made that year. It also propelled back in Birmingham, a.k.a. Birmingham, the four little girls. Later, all this in one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is what young people went through and and fought for just in this one span of time and how they contributed to this to this movement. So you are right as young people, it's like we are the voice of our movement, our generation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cradled in everyone and everything that's come before you mm-hmm. to allow you to lift your voices louder, be as angry as you want, and even say some old bullshit like I ain't my ancestors. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So I hope we're going to move on, but I hope you enjoyed that meditation. It's, it's on YouTube if you want to watch it on your own thing or, of course, come back here. But um, And let's just say hello to a couple folks. Hey, 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 Sidonia. Hey, ISM711. Hey, Reggie G. What's up? Okay. Let's move on to the show. You replugged. Yeah, you hot to the what? You replugged your headphones. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I did. Okay. I did. I replugged my headphones. Good. See, I'm good. I'm good. No echo. No echo in the mix down. Perfect. Well, no echo now on the mix down. it is time for our favorite part of the show. Our friends come to visit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, today we have one of the hardest um, working showrunners in Chicago. Cookie Hughes has written, produced, and directed dozens of films and plays, all of this with limited funding and guerrilla filmmaking tactics. Cookie gets the film in the can, and her work always places black queer women and trans people at, the, at center stage. Whether it's the cult classic, If I Was Your Girl, or, vamp, or Vampire Zombie Strippers twerking and eating Southside folks just to survive... <laughs> If Cookie can imagine it, she manifests it, manifests it. YGA fan, please welcome filmmaker, showrunner, Cookie Hughes. Hey, Yay. thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much for that intro. Well, yes, for sure. Well, I wrote that myself because I'm a fan. Hey, likewise, <laughs> likewise. So I'm a fan of you as well. Yes, it is so wonderful to have you on our show. Yeah, it's an an honor. I just want to just give a response to the video uh, Mm. that you just showed. You know, I thought about that quote that uh, Huey Newton said. He said, the revolution has always been in the hands of the young. And so Mm. as I was watching that that piece, I thought about um, what Huey Newton, one of the founders of the Black Panther, meant the the uh, Black Panther movement said so. Uh, thank you for sharing it. Thank yeah. you, and I'm yes. definitely gonna you know look that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good thing to look to look at to relook at uh, when you have like no time and everything's quiet in the house. It, it does right. Um. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Daughter not walking in the frame and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Say word. All right, so we got questions for you because we're really excited to dive in to you know, who is in the work of Cookie? Yes, I'm, I'll start. Um, I know that each filmmaker has their own process of preparing to produce a movie. Tell me, how is a Cookie Hughes film born? <laughs> well, um, it starts with uh, listening to great people like uh, you all. Uh, as I um, share with you all, I am a huge fan of your show. And um, I actually uh, pull content as far as what I'm creating from what is going on in your show. So um, I like to listen to people and um, I like to create stuff that um, is relative to the human experience. And so uh, even though I may add my own quirky uh, spin on it, but I also like to uh, make it relative, whereas Regardless if it's a content that's about urban black queer women, if you are a cisgender, straight white male, you can still relate to it. So um, the process begins with just um, creating content that is, um, you know, about the human experience, just everyday life. So, yeah. But but your your should be quirky and uh, borderline <laughs> absurd. I love I love absurdity. I say that in the most positive frame of what absurd is. I receive yeah. that. Yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like like what are these these, these little decisions you make? Like um, you know uh, what makes you decide? Okay, look as another filmmaker, right? I may look at it and say, okay. That's a funny ass effect. Like she, she said, fuck it, put that shit. In. You know what I mean? <laughs> We could get funded for that, but put that shit in. You know, I was like, that's a good one. You know, like, so I'm looking like, what are, what are some of the things that make you 
do some of these quirky decisions just with the with the effects and just like random stuff that will happen in the middle of the scene? Is there like a thought process behind that? Well, you know what? What I find uh, what is interesting is that people will look at my films and think that it's comedy, but um, it's not really comedy. It's I'd be serious as fuck. <laughs> um, because life is serious <laughs> and, and, and sometimes you find, I guess, the healing through laughing, uh, especially if you're seeing, uh, pain in someone else's life, it may seem humorous because of what you're watching on the film, but it'd be some real shit that'd be going on in my character's lives. And so, um, I think what it is, is that I, I, I create my content with, a, a, a mind of seriousness and like this could really be um the thought process of this particular character and but it may translate to someone watching it's like oh man that was so funny like the movie um that i made called uh, how to have a child without no knicker i mean that was a, a, a real life experience for myself you know having two children through alternative insemination going through pregnancy and i did it without a nicker because i you know bought the sperm from a sperm bank offline i mean but that was really what happened mm. but and when i put that in the film people were like oh that's her being comedy but no it was a, a real life dramatic experience and so it made but it's cool that when people watch my stuff and and they're um humored by it but um it, like I say, that I think that that's what helps, I guess, to overcome pain and, and trauma to mm. be able but, to but, laugh but at that's it. That's actually what's dope about it, because some of your characters will say when I say absurd, sometimes it can be profane. Sometimes it can be pain, but they'll say it so matter of factly as if it's their thought. And it, it, what it does is it highlights the comedy and the absurdity of our thoughts. But a lot of your characters say that shit out loud. Mm, yeah, they do. <laughs> and, it's, and and sometimes it's so painful, you either going to be with the pain or you're going to laugh the pain away. And I think sometimes exactly. that is a knee-jerk reaction. is that kind of like a nervous laughter. Like, that bitch, you say that? You know <laughs> right. What I mean? So it must be funny, yeah, right? yeah. Oh, I got to take it for face value. And then that's a exactly. whole different conversation. Yeah, I, I love dark humor uh, pieces. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that that's what I would say that I'd like to create is dark humor pieces, not necessarily uh, comedy. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So there's a question I've been wanting to, to ask you um, or to tap into your head about since I saw uh, if uh, if I was your girl years ago. Like, I think when you first put it out on YouTube, I just stumbled upon it. And then that's, I kind of became a fan from there. But there was a scene in it that honestly, when I saw the scene, I was like, I think I'm a fan of this director. <laughs> okay. And no, no, seriously, because I was like the amount of cojones that it took, not just to release the scene, but to own it. Right. And it's a scene um, where, it, now, for people who are not familiar with this particular uh, movie, the movie is about domestic violence, all right? Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and she doesn't snip, snip and make it cute for you. It's, it's very raw dog. And, 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 and someone who has been in a, in, in a violent relationship, I understood a lot of that, uh, the, the, the story that we tell ourselves that keep us in situations and all of that. So I appreciated the, the rawness of what you put out there. Yeah. But there is this scene where one of the characters has a small child. I'm not sure how old he was, but a small child. And um, 
the woman who played his, uh, his mother and her girlfriend were having an argument in the background while he was in the foreground on the couch. And I wanted to ask you around your decision making and having and filming the child experiencing the domestic violence. But as a viewer, I'm like, does the child know the context? Is he old enough to know the context? So I, I was like, I was almost worried if he was a director. I was like, wow, this is such a bold choice. So mm -hmm. no, seriously, I was like, this is such a bold choice. But it's from an artist's perspective, whoa, <laughs> because it, it captured something that you couldn't act out of anything or child or person. So. Okay. Well, that child was my son. Uh, mm -hmm. He was three at the time. Uh, he's 12 now. And um, when I made the decision to uh, include him in the scene, uh, I talked to him about it. I said, okay, his name is Truth, by the way. And I said to him, I said, okay, Truth, we're going to shoot a scene where you're going to be in your, I guess he had his Spider-Man underwear on or something. And I said that we're going to have where these two people are going to be like they're fighting. And they're going to be saying some really mean things to one another. And I need for you um, to be like you're their child and you're you're experiencing this. But I don't want you to um, uh, get anxious or get upset. I just want you to just sort of kind of um, be I don't know if I use the word numb. But I just told him, I, I just want you to relax. And him being the precocious kid that he was at the time, he was able to uh, interpret that and, and get into the character. And so my camera guy, I said, what we're going to do, though, we're going to just focus on him. So I want the camera to be lowered and we have the characters in the background. But we're watching this um, numbness of this child because I needed it to look like this is something that he was used to. And so he knew not to um, get anxious or upset when it did happen. One of the things that I was going to do uh, in editing, but I didn't have enough time when, cause the argument started with him having the TV loud and he couldn't hear. And so I was going to put some animation on screen where as they're getting louder in the background arguing, he was going to be turning up the volume and it was going to show the animation of the volume key going up where tuning it out. But then I was like, no, that would just be too comical and it would take away from the seriousness of what was going on. But um, I think, like I say, um, truth, he was able to um, conceptualize what I, I needed from him and, and to understand and differentiate that this is fantasy, but in real life, because he doesn't experience that in his real life. He doesn't see um, violence uh, between um, people. He, he, that just wasn't his uh, environment. And so he, it was easy for him to uh, make the difference that this was play play as opposed to reality. Now, if I had to use a kid who had experienced that in, in real life and, and suffered trauma like that, then it probably would have been a different story. But like I say, uh, Truth was, um, at the time, he was just this really um, smart kid who could just, you know, pick up as far as what was really going on and how to um, demonstrate that he was acting and it was not real. Well, 
Bravo to him because the one thing, I, it's something I've never really seen on film, um, where you see a child react to violence and it made it so visceral how this is something we do not need to be having our kids to be exposed to. Like it literally proved the freaking point. Do not have your kids around. Because one thing that was so honest about him as a young boy, and, and, and then you saying that because he's never seen this, him initially being started, startled when they raised their voice mm-hmm. was real as AF. <laughs> and also as I'm watching him process, you know, it, it kind of got funny. He was like, what the fuck is that? Like, right. he, like, <laughs> right. he was like, he kept making this look like, okay, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> yeah. You know, but like how in the innocence of the way a child is trying to process something. So I, anyway, it's bravo to that. And I'm thank you for answering that question because I've always, I wanted to oh, no problem. Your, your, your process behind that. Yeah. Now my son, uh, because he's 12, he was like, mommy, I can't believe you had me on the internet with my underwear on. (laughs) (laughs) You have. (laughs) And there's Uh, a whole different focus for him. (laughs) Right. Just tell him his little girlfriend or whoever you're interested in, they'll they'll be as cute when they see you. Don't worry. (laughs) You know, that'll be cute. Right. You don't get mad play. Just show him that that, that little (laughs) say. Yeah, <laughs> Cookie, you. All right. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the designation because I just remembered it. Like, are you the first black woman to have a digital film? What What was the designation? Well, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I'm a lot of firsts. Okay. Um, and um, especially in 2020, I should not be the first at certain things, but yeah, the first to at the time i believe that was declared back in uh 2001 2003 or something like that to make a digital feature um the first to make as many films as i've done now regardless if i had a budget or distribution behind it but i'm the first to you know be the writer director of as many films as i've done um and and that's you know that's actually kind of sad to me, especially mm. um, in this day and age when there's so many um, amazing content creators, and yet we have not been able to advance to the level of getting um, distribution companies or mainstream media to put out content made by Black women. So, but the good thing about it is we have platforms like YouTube and Vimeo where so many. Um, talented artists that are writing and directing and they're just putting this shit out themselves yeah. and um, letting it uh, be known who they are. So, yeah. That that's definitely one of the things that I appreciate about um, having worked on the, the set with you, um, right. seeing some of that <laughs> process of not only like writing your plays, uh, but producing uh, your, your films, even the shorts because I don't yeah. even think we you were doing like the feature films. Well, no, you had to. I'm trying to think of the timeline when we were doing the the shorts and everything. Like I just love how creative I think is what Hanifa was was speaking to earlier. Like how creative your thought process is around um, how you tell these stories. Like even the first time that a woman looks and 
sees another woman that she thinks oh, she's did attracted I just look to. At her? Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. um, the conversation around um, children with uh, with lesbian mothers, right? <laughs> like a, right. a lot of those different stories are are as you mentioned, like they're they're the human experience. Um, but the the choices, the artistic choices that you make really set you apart um in a lot of ways that people, you know, will find uh comical, but they are like they're funny because it's like the first time that you've confronted some of these things. Um so I definitely appreciate you, your your work and your fearlessness in that way. Um and I know that a lot of your films come out around your birthday. Which... They do. <laughs> Happy they do. belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> also a fellow Scorpio. Hey. <laughs> um, so. so tell me about your latest uh, premiere uh, and your how you showcase that film. Well, my I didn't do a film uh, this year because of COVID. Um um, so what I just did was I had a uh, paint and sip screening soiree. It was safe, um, just a few people. And basically um, the guests um, painted um, concept poster arts for three projects that I'm currently uh, working on. Um, I'm currently um, working on three uh, 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 premium series that will be budgeted each at a million dollars. And we're going to shoot eight episodes for these uh, three um, shows, eight episodes per show. So it's a total of 24 episodes. And basically, um, um, so this is like my first time just really, just um, really focusing on being uh, mainstream with it and not um, uh, just, you know, getting a camera and just shooting because I feel like making a movie today, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm just taking uh, my, my time with this. And so one of the uh, beauties to me of COVID, it forced me to just uh, slow my roll and, and just really focus on writing, really focus on uh, connecting with folks who are in a position financially to get behind me um, and, and see my vision and see my purpose and, and, and see the value of it. And it's like, okay, look, we're going to get you the resources and, you know, the, so that you can take this to the next level. So um, the objective is, is to raise five. So like uh, got three. Uh, so got two more million to go. <laughs> so um, because um, I, I, I really want to continue creating content that um, highlights black queer women. And um, and so it deserves to have the production value um, uh, to uh, be featured that way. So I'm just excited that uh COVID has just helped help me to just take my time because like, if it wasn't for COVID, I probably would have made three movies this year. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So I'm, you I'm grateful. Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So I want to, I want to actually uh, move into the, the most show part of the show <laughs> <laughs> because I want people to actually see some um, of your work and have you, we're going to do a director's cut. Okay. So a couple of, Couple of quick, quick clips from her, uh, sh from a couple of uh, movies, and then we'll have Cookie just kind of 
tell us what's going on. So let's go on to Mo's show. a really cool picture y'all picked that picture is for me from 10 years ago so that's cool <laughs> that's the that's the one you gave us no i sent you a different picture with my gray hair and everything but this is dope too <laughs> okay all right all right all right so i got it queued up all right so this first joint right is from your movie called catfishing yeah. right and um, most of your work is centered around black queer women. This one, for the most part, is centered around a, a black trans man, yes. right? But also how we, um, uh, as as far as the lesbian community in particular, how we've worked, how we've dealt with black trans men or trans men, um, period. And so you kind of you know talk about a lot of that. But what? But I just took a funny clip where the main character, this is after that uh, his girlfriend uh, breaks up with him because he's becoming trans. His good, his sister is trying to tell him how he can actually get some ass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Since she's in a position, this is how you're going to actually get ass. So we'll play that, okay? Right. Here we go. Damn, bitch. It's been over a year since y'all broke up. No wonder why your ass so uptight and suffering from T-Rage. Oh, no. The pills, they got me horny all day, every day, and it ain't nothing I do about it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but I, I want to I wanna make sure I keep it 100 with a girl. I want women to know from jump that I'm a trans man. Oh, no. That information is on a need-to-know basis. Oh, oh, my. As long as your dick game on point, these hoes could give no fucks. <laughs> I love this character. Yeah. <laughs> what I tell you, if you hit it right, any bitch with a pussy could care less. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of catfish and dick, I thought was hilarious. Yeah. I don't know if you intended it to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was very interesting when I um, was first advertising, promoting that I was shooting this film and I was looking for talent. I had gotten um, some emails and messages saying, you know, that I was being disrespectful to the trans community. And I was like, no, I, but they hadn't seen the movie. So they didn't really know the, cat, the, the concept that I was really catfishing um, genitals uh, and not uh, trans people. And so. And um, I was really happy to work with James because I, I learned a lot. Um, the actor who played uh, the, the the main character in that he he of course is a, a trans man because 
at first I, I had a hard time trying to find an actor to play the role. And so initially I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just get a guy, uh, you know, a cisgender uh, male to play this character. And, um, and I had set the production schedule. It's like, we're just going to go with this male actor. But uh, James um, had hit me up and I had worked with James on some other projects, but he was just, you know, a background actor. And he, um, he was like, I want to audition. I was like, Oh, okay, come on in. And so he um, just really um, just came with it. And he basically authenticated my script because after uh, he did such a good job in the audition and then he read the script and he called me back. He was like, Oh man, Cookie, this is so true. And this is, and so I was really happy that he had um, uh, validated what I wanted to talk about in this script as far as what trans men uh, go through by being um, misgendered and, and, and how, his dating life is, you know, he can't necessarily date lesbians because, you know, lesbians are not interested in men. And, you know, and, and so I, I just learned so much from him and, you know, just learning about the process of what he is experiencing um, sexually and, you know, with taking the um, the hormones and how it increases your sex drive. So it, it was just great, just really great learning from him and doing that film. I had fun doing that film. Yeah, yeah, we all, isn't that the whole point to learn something, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, learned, or rather I re-experienced things that I learned, you know, you know, you know, as, as a black queer woman and how I relate to, um, to my trans brothers and sisters, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so I appreciated just seeing all of that being worked out, but also to see, you know, him deal with the heartache of just one, just, you know, the, the joy of being attracted to a woman you know, and courting a woman and doing all that. And then the heartache that ensues because more times than not, that woman is straight and that she got to deal with her issues. Mm -hmm. You know, but also how in many cases does it come around? At the end of the day, it's a nigga, it's a nigga, it's a nigga. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what I liked about his sister when she was just explaining like, shit, if you, if your dick game on, you know, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> and, you know, he was able to, you know, come with it because he at the end of the day ended up getting a girl so say word say yeah. word yeah. um i have one more quick um clip um and this is just you know and, and mind you guys you gotta actually just go and watch the movies you can do that go to cookiehues.com she uh currently has um her whole catalog being streamed live and that's what i've been for free yeah i read pay but <laughs> yeah no, yeah thank you thank you though yeah, yeah, we talk about that later. But the um, but the uh, but just go on a binge, all right. But anyway, so this other uh, this is this is uh, one of your spinoffs from one. Was was if she was your girl? Was that your first film? First film I ever made. Yeah, not your first film that you made, right? But your, your was that the first? Well, I feel like it's the first one that was released in a particular way. Mm. No, I. Had, yeah, I think it was the one that gave me the most momentum. I will okay. say that. Yeah. yeah. Got you, got you. So from this first film, she made a made a web series, right? And um the last the last episode, I love you episode ten, though there was really only four, but it's a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I love it. Give me some more. Give me some more. <laughs> 
Anyway, so this last series, and um, I don't care what you call it, this is the definition of, of absurdity on film, and I, I loved how you did this. So there was these two uh, characters that I loved. They were like hitmen, all right? So you have to kind of watch the original film, watch the web series after to catch up. But it felt like at a certain point, you was like, you know what? I got to get rid of all these bitches. How about this? Let me, let me, I need to get rid of all these characters. I'm going to get rid of them. <laughs> Okay, I'm a fan. Anyway, um, <laughs> so this is just a quick clip of two characters that are that are hitmen, and kind of one by one, everyone comes in to ask them to kill each other, right? <laughs> so this is just one character asking them to, to kill, and just whatever. It's just a, it's a little quirky scene that I just thought was funny. All right, here we go. Well, I'm pretty sure Aisha told you everything you needed to know, right? Yeah, but that shit was a recording, you know what I'm saying? I'm about to do something major, something bad. And I didn't want to be talking about this shit on no voicemail. Aisha's not really a voicemail or some type of machine. She just high process data. That's all that is. That's all that is. <laughs> oh, man. Whatever. I would have did the shit myself, but I just can't stand the sight of blood. Not even period blood. That's why I had a hysterectomy when I was young. That's what I'm saying. Like, you just say shit that be on your mind, but no one would say it. Look, I got $400 in cash. You know what I'm saying? The rest of my PayPal account. You know what I'm saying? There's only so many transactions I can make a day. Man, I know Aisha told you the fee was $5,000. But I just told you I can get it. How you plan on getting this money? Look, I fuck with this rich bitch named Lynn. Man. Well, what's her last name? Franklin. Why you know? Keep talking. <laughs> well, this bitch got enough trick off money, you know what I'm saying? And it wouldn't be shit for her to give me five thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? Cause of the way I be putting the D down, you know? I be fucking her like this, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, mean, I love your reaction. <laughs> Then I'll be hitting her like this. <laughs> Shit, and she be putting it back on me, you know what I'm saying? I'll be fucking her like this. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we get it. Oh we get it. Oh, my God. If she ain't pussy, what about that? <laughs> Shit, she should be as good as this dick is. Right. You know what I'm saying? Fuck what you heard. Right. I don't know this nigga. Man, me and this nigga did some time in a joint. We, I used to bump squares off of her. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, um, I think you should, uh, hit us up when you get the money. All right. So there's a thing that you do, right? Where you literally tell the story by flashbacks. Yeah, that's my thing. Yeah, that is your thing. That is like your signature. I love that thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this whole there's a series like when you watch the whole thing, y'all, right? So with these hitmen, right, or hit women, hit whatever, <laughs> the killers, <laughs> you know, they um go through a whole series. It's first it started with like twenty four hours, the thirty six hours earlier, the seventy two yeah. hours <laughs> earlier. And you get to see all the stuff that happened that kind of led them up to a certain um point. But just all these meetings they have in the car, I just think are just hilarious. Yeah. I love them as characters. 
Yeah, you mentioned earlier how this show goes from episode, first you got the movie, and then you go from episode one to three, and then you go jump to 10. And um, one of the things that when um, I had released this, people were like, okay, am I missing something? Where's four through nine? And um, it was intentionally done that way, whereas uh, the 2012 movie was released. Then we did the web series episode one through three, and then um, we jumped to 10. Because we were supposed to shoot four through nine. I mean, when we had started shooting four through nine, but then things didn't work out the way that it should. And so we didn't get a chance to finish. Because if you saw four through nine, then episode 10 would have just made so much sense because it was all Mm. a dream sequence um, that was explained in episode nine. And so, Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, but we never got a chance to showcase that because it was just really clever how it was written. Mm-hmm. And um, but like I say, uh, the audience just missed out on that because then if if because we, we did episode one through three and then 10 and then they would have saw four through nine and they would have been like, oh, wow, this is so dope. <laughs> how this is done. But yeah. But we just we just piece the, the we just piece it together. Yeah, because I know episode 10 made no sense to nobody. At <laughs> but I like stuff like that. <laughs> Cause you know, cause it's just it's just coming out of left field. Like even how Stacia got killed, how like, <laughs> everybody got killed, but just like everybody went out in the most absurd way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they did. They, it was everybody dying. You know, it went to a domestic violence piece to everybody blowing up. So yeah, so they shot me in the ass. Like you know, yeah, the eyeball popping out, <laughs> all that. Put that in for you, homie. <laughs> like, like I love it, but it could be funny because even the blood and gore wasn't real blood and gore. So you can like see this for the the. Um, the bit that it was. I yeah. 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 Yes, yes. I wanted to come back with four through nine, but it, it just didn't work out. And so then I decided to do a spinoff with If I Was Your Girl Again, where it was going to be about people who came to see this uh, bootleg movie at a, a movie theater called If I Was Your Girl. Mm. And it was telling the story of the audience members. And so that's what <laughs> If I Was Your Girl Again is about. That was the spinoff. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You go anywhere so, with that. Yeah. So made a movie about the audience. So. <laughs> All right, y'all. This has been another incredible um, show with an incredible guest. Absolutely. Thank you. Likewise. The one that, yes. The one and only uh, Cookie Hughes. Again, we definitely implore you guys to go check out her entire catalog. Have a nice binge. Lord knows we yeah. have all the time in the world to binge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. You know, and stay connected. So, yes, contact her at uh, or see her stuff at cookiehughes.com. And we'll put the um, the actual link in the notes and we'll promote it on IG to make sure people are cool how to spell your name because they ain't like the cookie cookie. <laughs> right. They ain't like the Oreo cookie. <laughs> um, so that, that'll be um, uh, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. We really, really awesome. appreciate it. 
So listen, everyone, if you all want to support your gay aunties, check us out on patreon.com slash your gay aunties. We have some incredible tiers over there that you probably haven't seen anywhere else. And all of those tiers lead to you being a part of the show, just like Cookie Hughes was today. right? So <laughs> patreon.com slash your gay aunties. Say word. And auntie and friends, read the Constitution. We're taking a break this coming Thursday because it is Turkey Day, which we all should be spending in our homes with our immediate family. (laughs) With the Zoom monitor in the corner. You need to give it a chance, you wish. (laughs) Oh, put the laptop on the table. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying, do what you need to do so that you can see all of your family next year yeah. all right so we're gonna be off for this thursday but the following uh, uh thursday december 3rd i'm gonna have a good i'm gonna grab a really good friend of mine holiday simmons and yes <laughs> yes yes and uh and he and i we are going to do amendment six to the amendment five and six nice. we'll dive in. yes yes and then next on you gay aunties uh is new orleans native Rapper, actor, and now pizza curator, look alive. Look alive, look alive. Yes. 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 <laughs> and with that, I am Red Summer. And I am Honey Fumalita. And I'm Cookie Hughes. <laughs> and we are your gay, 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 gay aunties. <laughs> All right, y'all see you in a couple weeks. Bye. <laughs>